Savior lives. Praise the Lord for that. If you could stand, please, for this reading of God's Word tonight. Tonight we're going to change it a little bit. We've been talking about gratefulness and thankfulness. And tonight we're going to Psalm chapter 8. So if you go to Psalm chapter 8. So we're going to have a little thought for tonight as we go and get in a new week. Excuse me. Just changing a little bit from the topic of, of thankfulness that we've been going on. And uh, look at our place in God's creation. Look at uh, chapter 8, verse 1, or Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. Look what the Lord says right here. O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou, mayest, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. O sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the falls of the air and the fish of the sea, notes of a passer through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Shall we pray heavily? Father, thank you, Lord, for creation. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful God, for who you are as the creator of all. Who are we, Lord, in the midst of all this? Are we that significant to you? Lord, obviously we are because you love us so much. You love us in such a way that you came to Calvary to die for our sin. I pray, Father, Lord, as we look at this, Lord, give us, open our minds and our hearts. And we can go out of here, this place, with something that we learn and we want to apply to our lives. And I pray for those who are online tonight, Lord, that they will anchor down. Lord, they will listen to the whole message. And they will take it to heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So our place in God's creation. First of all, I just wanted to say this. I say God's creation because it is God's creation. All right? We're not the product of evolution. We're not the product of a Big Bang Theory. We're not the product of anything. You know what? This is God's world, God's creation. God made all this. And I don't care what people say, don't say, how smart they are. You know what? God made it all. God spoke the world into existence, and that's where we are. And, and we see the psalmist right here overwhelming, expressing that, and he says, who am I? As we look at the first chapter of the book of Genesis, we will see the goodness of God in his creation. You know, actually, the book of Genesis is a, I mean, is a book of beginnings. Many people make a, a book of controversies because of creation. But I'll tell you what, if we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we can believe that he built everything out of nothing too. Because who has power over the grave anywhere? Can you mention anyone? Can we mention anyone? Does anyone have power over the grave? No. Without Jesus, without Christ, without our great creator, there's no hope beyond that grave. There's no, there's no hope at all. He is the God of all things. He's the God of all creation. 
So, we will learn that, that God created all things, and it is what we call a fundamental, foundational principle. It lays the foundation for everything that follows, okay? God created all things good. Look at planet Earth, look at the universe, look at everything. You can say God's creation is good with no defect. Sometimes people say, how in the world God created that little insect? Well, how God created it? That's an annoying thing. Well, you know what? Everything that created was good. They actually said that. When you look at it, as Christian said, it was good. When you look at mankind, he said it was very good. You know? So, you know it. Okay, let's look at this. What is our place in this world? How should we view the environment? How should we, uh, I'm sorry, how can we know God, uh, uh, God better through his creation? Can we know? Yes, we can. How can we use our creative gift for God's glory? Today we will look at our place in God's creation. Here in verse, in chapter 18, 8 of Psalm. It said, have you ever wondered about your place in this world? What am I doing here? What's my purpose in this world? That's a question a lot of people ask. What was I born for? What's, the, what's my purpose in this world? Where am I going when I die? Many people have asked that question. Listen, folks, where was one time in my life before I met the Lord Jesus Christ? I asked that question to myself. How loud, actually, in my car. What was I born for? What is my purpose? What am I doing in this world? We'll go to work, come home, go to work, come home, go to work, come home. That's it? Some people think that's it, but it's not. Have you ever wondered why God put you here in this world? That is a personal question. But before you can even begin to answer that on an individual level, we must first answer on a, we must first a answer in a larger level. What is the place of man in this world? Why did God put man here? Why God created man in the first place? Listen, please. Until you understand the place of man in this world, the big picture how can you have understand how our your own individual place in this picture too the first thing we have to say like this okay why did god create men in the first place what was the purpose for it when we get that answer we can see why he created us too individually and what we do in here what is my purpose here see what is the purpose of man Plural, what is my purpose? Did God even know that I'm here? Of millions of millions of people on this earth, did God even know that I'm here? Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Look what it says there in verse 9. O Lord, our Lord. Interesting. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Nine parts of the earth and all the earth. Because the psalm speaks of God's creation and the, and the night sky in particular, it was probably sung quite often in evening worship, but maybe beneath the very, the, the very skies and under the, the, the which is the, the, words with, uh, uh, the words which are originally uh, here. But, but let me put it, who knows what happened? But the, 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 we look at uh, the David right here and says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent. He's looking at creation, and he's, he's amazed, and he says, his, look what it says, it's thy name, and he says, in all the earths. So let's look at this from several points tonight. 
about God, what, I, what is our purpose or our place in God's creation. What is my place in God's creation? Number one, God is greater than all. Through the ages till this very day, the world have witnessed of many, many people, uh, uh, people's names who became great in the pages of history. You know, people love, who likes history here? <laughs> Nobody likes history. <laughs> uh, I'm not crazy about history. I, I've, I, I really forget history. But, I mean, it's good to know, you know. It's good to know history. But I forget. I'm not a big on history. But some people are very good at it. You ask them something, they give you the answers right there. They know the names. They know the ages, uh, the, the dates. They know everything. You know what? And if we look, if you look through history, you're going to see there's many people whose names are still written out there. And we look at our kids in school, study about those names, those people. But let me tell you this. Even to this day, many of those people's names stands like elite names that nobody can measure up or touch to for what these people did to society. Okay? They are, they are, uh, they are the people of history. They are the only people that we study about and talk about, especially in schools, in colleges, and all kinds of stuff like that, because of the things that they have done and have accomplished. But as good as and famous as they were, none of those people can ever compare themselves in any way or form to our God. There's nothing that can compare to the God that created us, the, the God who loves us. And let me tell you this. And in the end, all history will vanish away. What will be left is God's history. God is making his history all through time. You know, even if many people love the local Patriots, how many Super Bowls they won, you know what? They all vanish away, all vanity. So God is greater than all. Letter A, or number one, God's name is majestic in all the earth. Even though people curse his name, trash his name, do all kinds of things, but all of his name is majestic in all the earth. As we have already seen, David begins and ends the whole psalm with what. Words of praise. Look at look what it says in Psalm chapter 8, verse 1. Look what it says. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Jump to verse 9. Same thing. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. He begins and ends with that. He's overwhelmed. If you look at these, this verse closely in your Bible or up on the screen, however you want to look, you will notice that there are two different represent, representations of the word Lord here in a verse. The first one is all capital letters. See that? All Lord, capital. In all capital letters, and the second one is one capital letter, Lord, and the letter L, and the rest of the letters are uh, lowercase letters. Okay? Why is that? All right. This is the first way, uh, the, the way most English uh, oh, the Bible tra translates this thing. But let me put it this. When you see the word Lord in all capital letters, that is the actual name of God. Translated to English, that's the actual name of God. What is the name of God? Yahweh. Yahweh. This is the name Yahweh as revealed to Moses, or the great I Am, and at the burning bush. This is the name that speaks of God's self-existent and eternal nature. That word Lord in capital letters speaks of our Yahweh. When you see the word Lord with just one capital letter, L, with just the first letter capitalized and everything lowercase, is the word 
Adonai, which means Lord or Master. Yahweh is God's personal name. Adonai is a title. And so David addresses God in this psalm by both God's name and God's title. Look what he says. He says, O Yahweh, our Lord, our Master, Master, our Majestic is your name in all the earth. Isn't that great? David understands, and of course David is a, is a man after God's own heart, and he expresses what's in his heart right here. He's expressing with his lips. He is overwhelmed of who God is. Yahweh is God's personal name. Adonai, like I said, is a title. David is saying in, in, in this verse that who God is right here. Let it be. God has set his glory above the heavens. Look at verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Let me put it this way. And the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Let me put it this way. Don't you know there's always sunny skies above the clouds? You ever took themselves in a plane? You ever been in an airplane? You go in a plane and it looks cloudy, it's raining, it's thunderstorm, whatever it is, and you go, you fly the plane up and you cut through those clouds, and guess what? It is, you know, your plane shakes all over the place. Some people get scared because some people get scared. You know, you're uncomfortable. You know, some people get that way. And when it cuts through that clouds and gets up, gets what's up there? Sunny skies. And you see this beautiful ocean of clouds under you. And, and you begin to think, I can walk in those clouds. <laughs> That's me. You know, I look at, oh, I think I can. No, you cannot. But anyway, it's good to imagine those things. But see, see, it's always sunny skies above the clouds. And I tell you what, when we sometimes, when we cannot see the universe at naked eye because of clouds, whatever it is, you know what? But when we look at the, at the universe, it declares the glory of our God. David is looking. And he's overwhelmed. He likes NASA. He likes to watch NASA videos and stuff. He wants to watch. I mean, am I the only one? I can spend hours watching those little videos. It is fascinating. I mean, people say, oh, look at Mars. It's just dirt. Well, it's God's dirt. You know, it's God's rocks. I mean, people say, I'm crazy. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I love it. And you see the stars and stuff. I mean, I... If you, if you follow, you've got to follow NASA. If you like, I mean, you know, don't go to But if, if you follow them on Facebook or even go online, they have fascinating videos. You know what you do? It comes to my mind, like, God is so good. What a creative God that we have. You see, let us see. God can silence his enemies even through the praises of little children. We see this in verse 2. Look, out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mayest still, still the enemy and the avenger. You see, God is not threatened at least by any of his enemies. Even the praises of little children can defeat those who would attempt to stand against God and his ways. You know, the songs of little kids. Ever see little kids in Sunday school singing? Jesus, love me, this I... And you go like, oh, silly. No, it's not. It's wonderful. Don't you find yourself singing with them? I have. Because they're innocent. 
They're innocent. They believe and they're singing. You know what? Don't touch the little children. Jesus quoted this verse when he was healing in the temple and the children were proclaiming him as the Messiah, shouting out. Look at, actually, go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 15. Keep your finger on, on uh, Psalm chapter 8. Go to Matthew chapter 21 and let's look at verse 15. Matthew 21, 15. And you at home, do the same. Don't just be a couch potato, okay? Just participate, all right? Okay? <laughs> Look what it says. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou uh, what these say? These. Look at, they look at the little kids like they're not, people of no importance. And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye, ye never read out of the mouth of babes and suckling that has perfect, uh, that has perfect praise? Hosanna to the son of David, the little kids are saying right here. You see, out of the mouth of babies, right here, little kids, innocent, and the grown-ups, I have fed up with them. Can you believe that? How many, oh goodness, I see through the years, how many grown-ups here. Oh, those kids over there are so loud. Oh yeah, you were a kid too, you were loud at one time too. Let him praise the Lord. It's a blessing. Hosanna, they were singing the song. So the, the chief priests and the teachers of the Lord were, were angry at this and asked Jesus, do you hear what these little guys are saying? And Jesus replied, and, and then quotes Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. There's a hint here, hint here uh, in Psalm 8 uh, of the promise that was given to mankind when God cursed the serpent in the Garden of Eden right here. God told the serpent in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and I shall bruise thy heel, thy head, and I shall bruise thy heel. To the, to the uh, procreation of children, a line was established that would eventually bring the Messiah and bring a crushing defeat to Satan, the great enemy and foe of God. God's name is majestic in all the earth, God has set His glory above the heavens, and God can silence His enemies even through, the, uh, even through the praises of little children. The first thing that Psalm 8 teaches us is about our place in the universe is that God is indeed great, greater than all. As our place in the universe is that God is greater than all. Number two, the universe is big, but we are small. The universe is big, but we are small. You believe that? The second thing Psalm 8 teaches us about our place in the universe is that the universe is very big and we are very small. As David looked into the stars at night, he, he, had, he had some idea of the bigness of the universe, but he would be absolutely astonished by what we know of the size of the universe today. We have equipment that he didn't have back then. We can say even more than David, we can say, wow. God is awesome because we have more information and more instruments than he did. He just looked up and he gave glory to God. What about us when we see these videos? What about us when we get these telescopes and look up to the, to the stars? Shouldn't we go like, wow, God is good. He is good. The millions of colors and the millions of stars out there and what God created, we just have to say, wow, God is awesome. I tell you, 
letter A, the beauty of God's creation should cause us to worship the creator. Folks, there are people who worship creation, not the creator. There are people who worship the moon. There are people who worship trees. There are people who worship fishes. There are people who worship animals, cows, and all kinds. That's, that's something that God created. God created those things. And those people worship those things. Why they don't worship the creator instead of creation? Can you see any God in a cow? Cow give us meat and milk. Right? What about worshiping the moon? Really? What about the one who made the moon? It is amazing what people do. Look at verse 3 of our text. When I consider, look what it says. He's thinking. When I consider, look, David is thinking. When I consider thy heavens. Mean like, you know, you look at the heavens, it's not mine, that's God's heaven. Look what he says. When I think of that, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. See, he said literally, you spoke that into his existence. I didn't make it. Now we know that God doesn't actually have fingers or arms or hands. God is a spirit and those uh, and does, does not, doesn't have a body. But this is a poetic way that David describes God's intimate, uh, intimate and personal act of creation. The world we live in was created by God. And even though it is stained and distorted by sin, we can still see the beauty of creation reflected in his creation. All right, who created the oceans, man or God? What is it? God. Who put the fishes there, man or God? God. Who put the seagulls flying on the seashores? God. You know, we're so smart, don't we? As man, we're so smart. You know what? And God says, look what I put here, a little bird here. When I was in Pensacola, I don't know what kind of bird it is because I'm not a specialist on that. <laughs> but I put a little video on Facebook if you want to watch it. This little bird is not a seagull because seagulls are bigger. I mean, the seagulls here are much bigger. Maybe because they eat a lot of donuts here. I don't know. <laughs> but the seagulls are a little smaller there. But this bird is about this small. And what he does the whole time, he's picking on the sand. And when the wave comes, he, he, he has a way and ability to run away from the wave. Then the wave goes and he runs back again. And he runs back. And you watch that and like, what in the world? What an amazing. You know what? He's filling a purpose. Whatever he's doing, he's feeding, I guess. But you know what? It's beautiful to see that creation of God doing that. Don't ask me what kind of bird it is, but I was fascinated by seeing that little bird doing that. It's God's creation. All right, folks. If you drive away far from the city lights, you will, it will be stunning beauty if you look at the heavens. You go in the clear nights, and you move away from the city lights. And look at the heavens. And if we go there in a dark, dark night and look up. And believe me, you're gonna that the, the, the thought of God is gonna come to your mind. I don't know how a man can say or a person can say, Oh, look, isn't evolution great? Isn't the big bank theory great? No. God is good. Wow, God is good. What about when there's a shooting star going by? We go, Wow, praise the Lord. You ever seen that? Let it be. 
the vastness of God's creation should cause us to consider our place in the universe. David said in verse 3 and 4, look what it says in verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. Look at verse 4. What is man? That thou art mindful of him. David, when he looks up, he begins to think about himself. He says, who am I? That you, you even consider me. And all this magnitude of creation, all this universe, galaxies after galaxies, this universe seems like it doesn't have an end. And, and who am I in the midst of all this? And you see, you ask the question. It's a question mark. He asked the question, what is man that thou art mindful of him? That is an appropriate question to ask in the face of such a vast place in the universe. What is man? What is planet Earth compared to all the stars and planets and galaxies in the universe? What is our place in all this? Why are we here? Why are we here? What, do we even matter? Are we alone in the universe or is there something, other life form out there? Not long ago, it was, a pop, it was popular to imagine there was thousands and thousands of other planets out there. There's other planets out there. And just like ours, uh, just like ours, planet Earth, I mean, uh, with uh, lots of life. Scientists believe that life would, could develop easily and that in a universe this big, uh, this big, there just had to be other life forms. So many programs start about finding life forms. And, of course, messages were sent out, in, out to space in capsules like the Voyager, uh, TV shows like the Star Trek and, and presented a, a world full of aliens and civilizations, many much, uh, uh, many much more advanced than ours. And we always seem like every time you see a movie about extraterrestrials and, and people in other galaxies and stuff, seems like man is always the little, little one. Everybody's more powerful than man. Man has no power. Okay. <laughs> but the scientific evidence is swaying the other way now. We have learned that life does not develop easily, and scientists are beginning to understand just how amazing is that there is life here on planet Earth, never mind the rest of the universe. Okay? This man, uh, Stephen Hawkins, calculated the mathematical possibility of life developing here on Earth. He came with the answer. You know, you want to know the answer? The, 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 the statistics for life on earth, the answer is zero. In other words, apart from God, we shouldn't even be here. Okay. How in the world a tree comes out of dirt? Oh, because the right nutrition are there. Well, we put the nutrition there. They say, we're so smart. We think we have everything under control. We don't. This scientist said, you know, the, the odds for us to have life on earth without God, without God is zero. At least this guy has some common sense. Because a lot of them, they try to explain themselves away. One time I watched this program, space program, supposed to be, it's a great, great television program. It was on this Discovery Channel. I just give up on Discovery Channel after that. Uh, and it's like about that Mars was full of water. But the water 
there was those rivers dry that used to be there, and they look, began to look at the trace in there. And the question is, in the guy in the even talking says, the question is, where did the water went? Where did the water go? Began to talk about it. The water went to earth. Well, like I mean, we began to think, how in the world the water went to earth? He says he said evaporated. All right, that was a great evaporation. You know, I believe in the hands of a mighty God and says, and the oceans came to be. We try to explain things away, but the fact is, the reality is, God created all. Let us say God's creation concern, gracious, I'm sorry, God's gracious concern should humble and amaze us. God's gracious concern for tiny men in the universe should humble and amaze us. How can God even consider me? How can Jesus leave his throne in heaven to come to this earth, take a form of a man to go to Calvary's cross for me? Who am I to deserve such a honorable thing? Who am I? You, you ever thought about this? How could the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of all, go to a cross and shed his blood and die so I can live? See, David is thinking. He's looking up and he's meditating. He's thinking about it. He's overwhelmed. It says right here in verse 4 of our text, What is man that art mindful of him? The word translated mindful in verse 4 means to remember. Who am I that God even remembers me? David is basically saying, why should God even notice tiny men like, tiny, tiny men like me in this planet? Why should God even remember that we are, we are here or pay any attention to any of us? What is the purpose? When David considered the immensity of the universe, he is humble and amazed of God's concern for him himself. So number one, we see that God is, is greater than all. The universe is big and we are small. Number three, God gave us a special place of honor in creation. Now, the remaining verses in Psalm teaches us something even more wonderful there. Now, only does God notice, notice us and pay attention to us here on planet Earth, but God gave us a special place of honor in creation. Look at there, verse 5 and verse 6. For thou art mind uh, made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. And thou madest him the, uh, to, to have dominion over the, the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Of course, he's talking about Jesus here. So, letter A, you say, we are made a little lower than the heavenly beings. Listen, folks. The angels are much stronger than we are. You got that? Far more stronger than we are. We're not that strong. You see, the words Elohim, kin means angelic creatures, but here is it definitely means God right here in this. The Lord crowned Adam and Eve and gave them dominion over all other creatures. Genesis 1, 26, 27. We are co Regions of creation with the Lord. The, angel, the angels are servants, Hebrews 1.14. We are, uh, but we are kings, or little case kings, and one day all, uh, we, uh, I'm sorry, all who have trusted Christ 
uh, Christ will be like him. And that wonderful 1 John 3, 1 to 3, Romans 8, 29. But let me tell you right here, right, right here something. You know what? Adam got the privilege of naming the animals there. God gave him that privilege. God said, I created it all, but I want you to name it. What is that one? Donkey? All right, I want a horse. Okay, all right. You know, I kept giving names to the animals. That's wonderful. We are a little lower, so let it be. God crowned man with glory and honor. Genesis 1.27. That is brought out even more with the next uh, uh, description here. God crowned man with glory and honor. God created man, man and woman last at the very, and they did the very pinnacle or a pinnacle of God's creation. And how did God crown man with glory and honor here? The Bible tells us, actually, go to Genesis 1.27. I want you to see that. Genesis 1.27. It says right there. I'll wait for you, okay? Look what it says there. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Okay? God created what in the beginning? A man and a woman. Not a man and a man and a woman and a woman. He created a man and a woman. It's a distinct thing between one and the other. What greater honor could God bestow upon specific members of his creation that to create them on his own image? Yes, man is a tiny in this vast universe, but man is significant. He is a little lower than, than, than the angels, that is, that is the heavenly beings, and he has been crowned with the, with the glory and honor of the image of God. Imagine this, God created, created all this vast thing, but he created man in his own image. Wow, that is wonderful, isn't it? Let us see. God made man ruler over all creation. Look at verse 6 of our text. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. And if we are not good enough... David goes on to remind us that God made men rule of all creation. David writes in Psalm 80, reminds us that God made us ruler of all creation. You know what? And we do have dominion over all creation, don't we? We do. You know, yeah, we have to be careful not to get this, this species in extinction, and that species, this species, because you know what? We have dominion. God, don't you know that animals, are, they have fear of man? Because in the Bible says that. They got put the fear of man of, of, uh, of men in, in animals. There are animals that attack men, that's true, but most of them will run away. God made men the ruler of all creation, over all the animals, all the ground and over all the birds in the air, over all the fish of the sea. That, that, does that mean that man can do whatever he wants with creation? Absolutely not. The answer is no, because as, as image bearers of God, our, our rule over the, uh, of, uh, the created world should reflect God's wise rule over his creation. We read about this in Genesis 2.15 where it says, And the Lord took, uh, God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. The verb here is very significant. The word translated dress uh, in the Hebrew word for to serve. 
The word translated keeper is a word that means to care for, to guard to, to watch and protect. In other words, man is not to be the tyrant ruler over creation, but a servant leader over creation. God gave man the stewardship of the earth to serve the land and take care of it under God's care. We're not, we not to abuse God's creation. We have to take care of it. And I conclude with this tonight. We're going to come to the right to conclude this here tonight. Is And so that is our place in this world. We are under God's and over the world. What should be our responsibility on this? We should be uh, overstruck at God's majesty in creation. God, notice again, this is how David begins and ends the psalm right here. Look what it says. Verse 1, O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So David says, O Lord, and he says, our God. Obviously, he's including mankind in it. He said, our God, how excellent is thy name. And he ends the, the summit, the same thing. O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You know, the most foolish thing a person can do in this world is, is use God's name in vain, is it good not use God's name in a curse? And in the end, reject God's gifts. Can you imagine? The God of all creation, the, the great I am, give us the wonderful, the greatest gift of all, salvation. And the worst thing mankind can do is say, you keep it, I don't want it. Many have done that. Many people have died putting a fist at God and said, I don't want your gift. What a sad thing. God created a wonderful world for us. Beautiful world. God created mankind and put him here. God himself came to this world and died, shed his blood for us, and say, you can have life and more abundantly. And people say to God, I don't want you. I don't want your gift. I can take care of myself. We should be amazed at God's love and concern for us. David looked at the beauty, the vastness of the heavens and said, How can I contain myself from expressing the glory of the Lord? He says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Who am I? We should seek to be good and faithful stewards of God's creation. God has given us both rulership and responsibility. As Christians, we must be wise rulers over the beautiful creation that God has given us. Don't we? I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to close with this. Everywhere you go and look at creation, we, have, we live in a beautiful world. People pay thousands of dollars to go see mountains and, and rivers and and. and, 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 and and icebergs and all kinds of things, you know, you know, and it's all oh, that was, you know, they went to see God's creation. Oh, we were taking, we were taking this cruise to, to the Arctic. What they go see there? God's creation. They're going to see the, the sea lions and they're going to see the whatever birds over there and the icebergs flowing. It's God's doing that. The world that we live in is a beautiful world. And David ends and closes this psalm. Oh, Lord, our God. Isn't that wonderful? 
he uses two names of God right here. Yahweh and Adonai. What a wonderful thing. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. Lord, may we express like David, O oh Lord, our God, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. What a wonderful words, Lord. May we repeat that as we look up into the heavens, as we look at your creation. May we never forget how good you are, how wonderful you are, what a world that you create, what a universe you created for all of us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't deserve such goodness, but thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand, please. We're going to sing a song tonight. And uh, is I have decided to follow Jesus. Page 470. 470. I have decided to follow Jesus. Let me put my eyes on right here. Let's sing it. I hope that's your, your heart. I want to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Not turning back. Join me, still I will follow. Don't no one join me, still I will follow. Don't no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me. with us tonight. I pray that you have a wonderful week praising the Lord and serving the Lord this week. Let's pray we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for meeting with us today. Lord, it was a fast Sunday, Lord, but thank you, Lord, for this day you've given us to be in the house of God with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I pray as we move out of this place, protect us, Lord. Watch over us. Go with us. Help us to be a testimony and a light to those who don't know you and bring us again Wednesday night. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are this.